This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. This is Carl Valeri. In this episode, we are joined by pilot recruiters from Commuter. With over $74,000 in your first year and fast upgrades, Commuter Air is a great opportunity for pilots who want to advance their careers. You know, joining me here is uh, Paul Greco, and Paul uh, has been a co-host, has helped us quite a bit with the scholarships guide, and also is in a new role uh, with Commute Air. I know we haven't talked about this before on the podcast, but he has a new role at Commute Air. So, so Paul, why don't you just tell us a little bit about that and also introduce our guests. Absolutely. It's great to be back again, finally getting to be on the podcast more often these days, so that's always fun. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so in my new role, I, we haven't mentioned that I've been at Commute Air for, uh, for these last few years, but uh, you know, I've, I've been essentially just working as a line captain, trying to build my hours, and, uh, and now that I've got uh, the hours that I need to move on, I've, uh, I've taken on a, an additional role, and I've worked uh, a lot with the recruiting department and human resources, so... Um, I've, I've been doing a lot of, uh, interviews and recruiting events. And so it's been great to, uh, get to see that side of the industry. And, uh, so today we're bringing on two of our favorite human resources folks. Uh, we have Marie, who is, uh, one of the senior, uh, pilot recruiters and Joey, who's, uh, the corporate communications director. And, uh, so we're, we're all on here today and we're excited to tell you all about, uh, all the happenings that are uh, going on at Commuter these days, because there's a there's a ton going on. Well, awesome, Paul, and and welcome Marie and Joey to the podcast. It's great having you folks here. Thank hey. you so much for having us. How are you guys? <laughs> you know, great. And this is awesome having an airline actually come on and talk to the folks. I know when we've done it, these type of episodes in the past, it's been really exciting for people. And, and they're usually our most downloaded episodes because of the fact that people want to, they want to know the real info from the folks that, that are actually hiring and, uh, and know people inside the airline, you know, what's going on with that airline and, and how are things there? So be, just getting started, I know in the past I've talked about Commute Air and I've had a, a relationship with Commute Air back in 2001 through 2003, uh, bringing people that were furloughed over to Commute Air. And they've been so helpful, wonderful, wonderful to work with. Back then they were a turboprop only airline and they're at the time flying beach 1900s. Well, gosh, things sure have changed at Commute Air. They're a much larger airline, and they have bases uh, that include jet aircraft. As a matter of fact, at some point, and someone can actually correct me if I'm wrong, I think it might be this month, you're going to an all-jet fleet. Is that correct? Yeah, we're... Um We've got a couple more months of uh, of dash operation. Unfortunately, I'll be sad to see the dash go. <laughs> but uh, we have uh, just a couple more months of dash operation. As of November first, the Nork base is being closed on the dash side, and all the dash operations that we have left will be out of Washington Dulles. Those are our two crew bases. Um, and come January eighth, all of the uh, dash eight operations will cease, and all the uh, the remaining Dash 8 pilots will be moved over to the ERJs. We're flying ERJ 145s, um, and uh, that the rest of that transition will uh, will take place then. And we went all the way from back in 89, and remember when you, you folks launched actually up in, uh, what was it, Plattsburgh, New York, as like the year I graduated college. And then we're from just a few airplanes to many different people. They've actually moved your headquarters away from Plattsburgh. And I think that was a few years back, maybe more than a few years, uh, to Cleveland, Ohio, and, and have gone, have multiplied your jet and also your Dash 8 operations. And have done a great job. And I know the people that you've uh, worked for, especially uh, United, has been quite happy uh, with what you've done now. So that's important to me if I'm looking at an airline. Uh, it's really one of the things that's different, and, I, and this is my opinion, is different with Commute Air to other airlines that you're going to work for. It's a bit more of a family environment. Uh, you know, everybody really 
enjoys working there, and you can actually go and speak to people, and it's a, it's a much different uh, atmosphere than I have had with many other airlines, other uh, regional airlines, it's, uh, and that's been my experience. I don't know, Paul, you can actually expand on that, too, since you've been there for a few years. Yeah, you know, that was actually one of the, definitely one of the, the driving factors in my decision-making when I, when I decided to pick Commuter, <clears throat> excuse me, and, uh, you know, when you call when you call human resources, you're a name and you're a face, and it goes a long way. Um, you know, you're not you're not just another number at this airline. Um, and so, if you need something, uh, for example, one of our pilots uh, the other day just got into a, a, a car accident, and he called he called uh, the chief pilot. The chief pilot knew him by name. Um, and he was, he just pulled him off his trip and said, you know, you'd go take care of your family call. They put him on leave and they said, call us back when, you know, when you, uh, when you're ready to go back to work, you know, and, uh, they kept checking on him and things like that. Um, this, this company is known to be, you know, a very tight, tight knit group of, uh, people. And, uh, so that's, it's, it is, it's really nice. And it's definitely something that you're probably not going to see again in your career, whether it's, uh, you know, when you move on to a, a major or legacy airline or um, even at other regionals, because at this point, um, even though we're growing, we're still one of the smaller sized regionals. So uh, at uh, roughly 300 pilots, uh, we are, I would we, we could be a quarter of the size of some of the other airlines that are out there. So, uh, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, I think that that's amazing how they do that. And Maria, I'd like to, to know from your perspective as a pilot recruiter, how, how have you, you folks been able to, to keep that, the, I call it the, the, the commute air family atmosphere. And it's, I mean, you've done a great job with that. Well, one of the biggest things we thrive in is, you know, the, the family oriented culture that we, that we do have here. Um, and I truly believe that the greatest aspect of working for commute air is that you are able to get your hands on different areas of the organization. Uh, we frequently go out to the crew rooms to meet with, you know, our crew members. Um, we also have them come to events with us uh, because it's, you know, it certainly helps to have an active line pilot with us at these events. So they are able to kind of give them a more accurate standpoint um, and, and act to them as a mentor. Um, so our entire training department is entirely conducted in-house. Um, so it's our people training our people, and that certainly adds to that. Um, we're always out at the training facilities as well, just kind of keeping up with you know our crew members. Um, and, and we do, I think, one of the greatest things is that we do focus on all of our crew members, pilots and flight attendants. Um, so we're, we're all a huge collective team here, a big family. Um, we do understand that they are a great portion of our operation. Um, and I think it's really important for us that we, we always try to get together, even if it's at our, you know, yearly Christmas parties or crew, uh, room get togethers, um, or various events that we set up ourselves. So it, it comes from every area of the organization of them being able to be involved here at corporate operations, uh, whether it's a training center, recruiting, acting as a mentor, attending events with us, or, you know, some, um, hangouts that we do throughout the year just so that way we can all get together um and and our biggest thing is to make sure that we hold on to that throughout our growth period well i'm glad you brought that up because there's many different aspects of working at commuter you know what we, we we're focusing this episode on pilot recruitment but boy there's so many other jobs dispatching mechanics pilots flight attendants etc uh, and maybe in the future we'll talk more about those opportunities but gosh there there are so many different ways you can actually contribute in the aviation industry without being a pilot i know we're concentrating on pilot today but i'm so glad you brought that up and the fact that you all work together because sometimes one work group doesn't really get to interact much much with others uh at commuter is a little bit different there they they actually do have a little more interaction with the other groups within there um that's one reason to work at, at Commute Air. Now, a couple other reasons I think they should work at Commute Air. We talked about quick upgrades, but also let's let's go back to the first year compensation. I know you're advertising up to seventy four thousand in their first year, uh, and that includes you know we can drill down into that a little bit. You know, with your base pay being thirty six thousand five hundred. First of all, I look at that number and I I think about when I started, and and that's that's like a lot more money, three times as much as I was making my first year. Uh, and that's pretty incredible. But there's also this sign-on bonus of uh, 22100 
And we'll talk a little bit about these separately. And then benefits and performance bonuses, you talk about that, 6800 Your per diem is averaging about 4400 And the hotels, parking uniforms, 4200 Let's go back to the sign-on bonus. I know the base pay, but sign-on bonus, um, how does somebody actually receive that bonus? Do they get that check when they sign up, or is it after a year, et cetera? So the greatest thing about our sign-on bonus is that it's upfront in one lump sum prior to indoc. So it's not paid over, you know, a period of time or after IOE or three months after this or that. Um, what we like to do is just make sure that they have that check before they start training, so you know everything goes smoothly. Um, so it's a pretty simple sign-on bonus. Um, it's eligible to all pilots that are qualified to fly commercial with us and have been extended an offer. Um, there is no hourly countdown or previous 121 time. Um, contingencies or anything like that. So everyone gets the $22,100 up front. Wow, that's a big difference. And uh, that's awesome. I think that's terrific. And of course, all the other benefits we're talking about uh, are like 401k and per diem. Uh, so let's talk just a little bit about that and then go into some other things about commute air. Uh, you, you folks, I'm assuming have like a retirement type of plan and also health insurance? We do. We do provide a uh, 401k contribution, uh, full medical dental vision insurance benefits as well. We do have uh, three different types of plans depending on, you know, uh, which type of deductible or type of coverage they would like to select. Um, so they do have that flexibility. We also did launch uh, Teledoc because we know that a lot of our crew members are often on the road and unable to see a physician face to face. Um, so that way, essentially, what they can do is right off their phone, they can contact a physician and get a prescription right away um, in case they need something um, and are unable to visit someone uh, physically. Um, so we have been coming up with various initiatives. We do have a wellness program as well. Um, we did have a huge thing about having Fitbits um, if you completed a certain training program uh, for wellness training. Um, so we consistently are, are kind of trying to make sure that, you know, although we are on the road all the time, we're trying to stay healthy um, and we are definitely, you know, incentivizing that as well. Awesome. Well, we talked about, you know, all the compensation, that type of thing. It's kind of sounds a little boring at first, I know, but but it is kind of it is important. But one of the things that's important to pilots and people that are working for a company in general is the ability to, to you know, work where they want to work and also the ability to commute to where they want to work. Uh, being a pilot's a little different. A lot of people live in different cities, different cities that are only accessible by flying. You could never fly. You could never drive there. So let's talk a little bit about commute air and and where they're located as far as the pilot bases. So Marie, where are you actually located if you want to start flying uh, as a pilot for commute air? So our two main bases are Washington, Dulles, and Newark. Uh, Newark is currently our junior base right now. Um, it's very commutable. Um, we're primarily on the East Coast. I do know that a third base will be announced in the near future. Um, that location is to be determined. Um, but we do offer jump seating privileges. We have a very friendly commuter policy where we provide between four to six paid hotel rooms each month to help these uh, to help our crew members eliminate the need and cost for a crash pad. We also do provide parking reimbursement, um, and we do have an unlimited make a good effort to get to work policy as well. So this is important. I, I, I will say your policies are really good, um, very strong, strong competitors with all the other regionals out there. So that, along with a, a really friendly work environment, uh, makes commuter a really good choice, I think, as far as a pilot is concerned, looking to actually to work for an airline. Another important thing, to before we get into actually getting hired, is you know, what about career advancement? I know the upgrades are fairly quick. You can speak maybe a little bit towards that, but also say I want to prepare and maybe move on to another airline. How is it going to help to work for Commute Air? So the greatest thing about working for Commute Air is that we do have a fast track. Um, you are able to build that PIC time fairly quickly. If you want to move through the United Career Path program, that's certainly an option. Um, it also allows you the opportunity to build that time to go to whichever dream legacy carrier you wish to go to. If you do want to stay a part of the Commute Air family, uh, we have many pilots who have ended up going, you know, to non-flying careers at headquarters. Um, some of them have, you know, 
become a uh, full-time partner of our training facilities as well. Um, and then we do have a mentor program uh, to become an ambassador for, you know, your alum. Um, so they do help out with their recruiting efforts as well. So in regards to career progression, I would have to say that's based on the individual. Um, I can certainly say that if they do want to, you know, foresee a future at um, headquarters at a corporate role, they certainly can. Um, they can become a, a line check airman, um, help out in our training centers, sim instructors, we hire them full time as well. Um, so that's one avenue. Um, and then in addition, our biggest push is the CPP program, which actually has the lowest minimums of any other regional that has a similar program. So it's either a thousand hours of PIC time with commute air or 3000 total time with commute air. Um, I do know, you know, pilots will certainly hit their PIC time way before they hit that total time mark, just because we're upgrading so quickly. Uh, and the career path program to, you know, United Airlines has been working fairly well for us. I think Paul can speak to that. Yeah, Paul, I think, uh, I don't know, we, we didn't announce that, but uh, I think you can speak a little bit more towards that Career Pathway program, if you don't mind. Sure, yeah. So the, the Career Pathway program um, is, is a program that was developed with United and uh, originally United Com and Commute Air, and then um, uh, eventually there are a couple of the regional airlines that also uh, uh, signed on with United. <clears throat> and so our program initially was um, <clears throat> developed to uh, help create um, a pathway for our a pilot group to move on to United Airlines. And um, it int it's not a flow-through program. So, you know, you have flow-through programs and then you this pathway program. So it's a little different. A flow-through, you know, you get hired at your regional airline and then you just, um, when your seniority can hold it, you just go to the legacy partner. <clears throat> With this program, uh, you are required to interview at United just as uh, any United uh, airline pilot has who currently is on property over there. So uh, the first step uh, in the career pathway program is to become obviously a commuter air pilot. After you become a commuter air pilot, you then um, are sent an invitation to take the Hogan assessment, which is an online uh, personality assessment that comes directly from United Airlines. When you're successful in passing the, the online personality assessment, you are then invited out to Denver at United's uh, facility uh, over there for an interview in human resources. And so um, <clears throat> pilots who are successful in the interview at uh, United are then placed in the commute air program in seniority order. And so... As you work at Commute Air and you um, build your flight time and you build your hours, um, you you work your way up towards United. And currently, um, you know we're sending guys that have been on property as little as three years. Um, I'm probably I'm probably the most uh, junior person in the company, or one of the most junior people in the company, to be leaving shortly. Um, the, out of the people that have left so far, I, I want to say the the most junior person was a four, he was at commuter for about four or five years. Um, if, uh, if I, if I wind up leaving in this program, uh, I'm in the next glass to go. So at this point, it's really just dependent upon, um, United running new hire classes. If they were running a new hire class today, I would leave today and I've been on property for, um, a little over two and a half years. Um, which is not typical, I don't think. I just got a little bit lucky in the sense that uh, um, the program was announced just before I upgraded to captain. Um, and then I just I flew my tail off last year and got a thousand hours in a year. Um, but the nice thing about working here is that you have an opportunity with the growth to be able to do something like that. So um, <clears throat> when you start working at Commute Air, there's no shortage of flying right now. Uh, that's for sure. And so when you when you start working, you, depending on how motivated you are, if you get in this program, you can you can fly a thousand hours in in a year and a half as a cap as a uh, first officer, um, or maybe a little less. You know, and when I say a year and a half, I'm including training in that because it does take two to three months to get out of training. Um, so then, you know, so you figure two to three months to get out of training plus another. Uh, if you if you're very aggressive, you could do it in let's say uh, I don't know between you know a year and a half and you know, 14, 15 months, let's say something like that, depending on how aggressive you are with working and picking up, uh, extra flying from other pilots or out of open time. 
And um, <clears throat> so then you get uh, your 1,000 hours as a first officer, and then you upgrade to captain. And uh, when you upgrade to captain, you, you do the same thing. It's another, so let's call it a year and a half um, if you're aggressive. And then you have all the requirements for the program met as long as you have uh, a bachelor's degree um, and the flight hours. And then you're just wait, you're waiting on your turn to go at that point. And so um, it's clearly the quickest way to get there um, than any other airline. And the reason why I say that is because um, <clears throat> the other airlines have – in addition to the to the hourly requirement differences that Marie mentioned earlier, um, two thousand hours total PIC versus a thousand total, um, our pilot group is a very uh, I'll just call it junior pilot group for lack of a better word. But our 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 seniority list is not very top heavy with with pilots who have been here for you know twenty ten twenty years um, who are in the program and waiting to go. There there are only probably. Oh gosh, it's a real small number. I would say maybe ten or fifteen pilots who are here, um, and uh, who who are existing in this pilot group. And then after that, it's all new people that people that have been here two years or less. So the the result is a guy like me who's been here for two and a half years is you know number whatever six on the list to go um, this year. <clears throat> so that is uh, that's that's really really huge as opposed to. Um, Another airline. I was on. I was on a deadhead with a uh, 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 another crew member from another airline who was at the, his airline for 12 years. He's in his um, career pathway program, but he's number 125 on the list. So you know, it's he's clearly he's clearly got more time to wait than I do, and um, and so that's you know, it's not based on uh, any skill on my part, but it, a little bit of luck and. Um, and then, you know, just working hard to get my hours. But uh, yet, again, as I said, you do have that opportunity here. And uh, the Career Pathway Program is a nice way to, uh, you know, it's a nice, it's something nice to keep in your back pocket. Um, you know, but as Carl mentioned, you never want to turn down a, uh, you know, a job at another airline. So uh, if you get it, you, there's nothing that says you can't, um, you can't apply to other airlines, whether it's Delta, American, JetBlue, whomever, Southwest. And if you get an if you get an offer with those other airlines, well, then you go to the, to another airline. But this is something that's that's there. It's kind of a nice backup plan. It's nice to be able to call a legacy airline a backup plan. <laughs> that is a, that is a good <laughs> right. backup plan. Yes, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's that's some really good granularity, I think, in the program. I, I thought that was a great yeah. description, which was nice. nice. But one of the things that I I think people are thinking too along these lines is, gosh, I I see all these ab initios, et cetera, and 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 I tell you, these programs that they're out there to take you from zero time up. A lot of times, it actually will take you longer and cost you more. Amazingly enough, if you put it on paper, I know I've coached a lot of you, and uh, we've actually looked at the cost and the time. This program is actually much better. Uh, can things change? Of course they can change. The economy can change. Anything can happen. But this is a really terrific opportunity, and it also enables you to work for somebody that, that actually it's an environment where you can make some really good income and also have a, a really good lifestyle. One of the things, too, that we're just talking about this career pathway program, one of the things that comes in the mind of, say, a pilot who's a little bit older, say, uh, and wants to make Commute Air their career airline, and they're looking at Dulles and saying, gosh, you know what, I live next to Dulles, and I really don't want to go to the majors. So, Marie, are there people that actually have decided, okay, this is where I want to stop. This is where I want to be for the rest of my career. Do you, and, and, and out of those pilots, uh, are, are there ones that have been here since, hey, since the beginning, and are, are they staying? Yes. So uh, the greatest thing about the commuter pilot pool is that it's very diverse. So we have a lot of people who just graduated college. Um, and, you know, we have some military guys as well. We have some that come from international carriers. And then you have your second career pilots as well. Um, those are the ones who, you know, had either, you know, a, a regular non-flying type career and decided that, you know, they wanted to fly for the last couple of years. Um, and we have a lot of them um, and they stay with us until, you know, when until the retirement hits. And then um, from there, they can join our training department um, or they can work at corporate headquarters. So a lot of them after after flying the line um, would, you know, become sim instructors with us as well if they want to continue their aviation career. Um, so we do have a lot, and, and I've been talking to them a lot recently, um, we do have a lot of second career guys who, 
who, you know, based on the convenience of the bases and our commuter policy, decided to join our team. And um, it, it's great to, to have that diversity as well. Well, that's awesome. And it brings a lot of experience from, from different parts of the room, which is terrific. Um, so when we're looking at applications, let's, let's get a little, a little more detailed on the application process. I, I usually tell people to go ahead and apply uh, to an airline. I know that I think you're advertising if they're ready within six months with the minimum qualifications is when they should apply. I know on your website it says you need to have a, a commercial pilot certificate. It has all these different things listed, you know, your ATP, valid passport, or an E3 visa and, uh, you know, travel internationally without restrictions. One of the things that uh, I want to hear from you folks is if I'm somebody, and I, I tell people this, if you see an airline, go talk to them. If you just have 10 hours, go say hi to them. Uh, you may not be able to, to apply online, but I think there's a benefit in actually reaching out and, and asking at either a job fair or any of these other events, uh, hey, what is it like to, to fly a commuter? And, and what's it like to be an airline pilot? I think that's, that's really important in my mind. And Marie, I was wondering, do you have that ability? Do you have that ability to reach out to people, say, that are even in, the, in their high school years thinking about this as a career? You know, I completely agree with you. The greatest thing about being a recruiter is that you act as a resource. Um, we're in human resources, so we enjoy talking to people. And a part of that is career development. So um, one of our biggest initiatives here is to allow these, whether they're students or just someone who's looking to pursue flying out of the blue, um, we, we assist them with the entire process because who could be more familiar with pilot recruitment and, you know, the process, licensing, hours, than us because we're actively in that industry. So um, we assist these people in, in you know, making the best well-informed decision they possibly can because let's be honest, I mean, this industry right now is booming for you know, pilot careers. So our goal is to make sure that they not only make the best informed decision they possibly can, but to assist in that process. So if it's a high school student and I'm helping them map out their career and acting as a resource for them. Um, I'm also a mentor for a lot of college students to kind of help them decide whether commute air is their option or not. Um, it's great to, you know, be a part of that community. And I think that's one of our biggest things is, you know, it's not just about working for commute air, but it's about um, extending our knowledge to these individuals who seek help. Um, so I think no matter what the hours, we get calls from students who only, you know, have 30 hours from ones who are CFIs and have 600. So um, a lot of high school students come in with their parents to inquire as well. And I think um, for, for all regional carriers, um, for all airline members, I think it's it's huge to be able to, to share that knowledge and act as a mentor. Um, so I think, I think that's one of the one of the best things about being in the recruitment area of the business as well. I think that that's terrific that you do that, and that's really important to pay it forward, you know, with the, the people looking into getting the, into this as a career. Uh, because an, another thing is they're going to always remember their first job and the first person they talk to. So I think it's really important that you put that positive light uh, on this as a career in general and the aviation industry because it's, it's a wonderful industry just in general. Um, Going backwards, though, as far as, uh, you know, we talked about younger people applying, et cetera, uh, the minimum qualifications, the, the people that listen to this show, about a third of them actually are not within the United States. And I know I'm going to get this question after the show, so I'll ask it now. Have you folks had experience with hiring people that are not working here in the United States and also, specifically, uh, people that actually are have the minimums for the, like the RATP, they may not have their their pilot, the commercial pilot certificate. They may have, say, their their private U.S. citizen U.S. certificate, but they're overseas and they have like 3,500, 4,500 hours, and they meet the requirements due to the regulations in the in the restricted ATP. Have you ever worked with anybody like that? Because we do get those questions often. So we are actively hiring Australian nationals under the E3 visa process. Um, that waiver program um, allows us to file an LCA and kind of walk them through the entire process of employment here in the United States. Um, so that's one thing. In regards to any other foreign nationals, um, it really depends on the type of agreement and type of visa that we would have to obtain. Um, it's it's kind of more based on the government visa approval process more so than us. We are more than willing to work with foreign candidates. Um, if they do have you know, work authorization in the U.S., they are more than welcome to apply. Um, but if it does require any type of sponsorship, it's going to be limited dependent on, you know, where they come from and what type 
of agreement the U.S. government has with that country. Um, but we are more than open. Like I said, diversity is huge for us here. Um, we are hiring Australian nationals right now. Um, if they do come from any other countries and have any questions, they are more than welcome to you know log on and submit an inquiry with us here at fly, flycommuter.com. Um, and we will reach out to them if they provide a phone number um, internationally as well. We will give them a call and, and have a talk with them. Well, awesome. And for those Australian listeners, by the way, I, I had no idea that you were actively recruiting Australian uh, uh, pilots. And, and that's great to hear because uh, we have quite a few folks uh, from Australia that do ask that question. Uh, so that's terrific. That's nice. to That's great to hear. Um, I know that if you're listening right now, you're probably wondering, well, how, how in the world do I, I actually apply to commuter? You know, what do I do? And, and, and how what's the application process? So uh, if somebody is a, a foreign national, is here in the U.S. and wants to apply to Commute Air. Marie, how, how would they first start out with that process? How would they get in touch with you? And then where do they go for the interview? So the easiest way to reach out to us in regards to increase, they can reach out to us on various platforms, whether it be our LinkedIn page, Facebook, Twitter. Um, they can also, also log on to our website at flycommuteair.com. Um, under pilots, there is an inquiry box. They can submit um, a comment that goes straight to our email addresses. Um, and from there, just make sure to include, you know, an email and a phone number, and we'll reach out to the candidates to get them set up. Um, another area, I mean, another way, our email is pilotrecruiting at commuteair.com. Um, so so there, there are various ways. If they're more into social media, they can certainly go that route. Um, the interview process itself is very convenient. It's entirely done from home. Um, Total sit-down time is typically about an hour via Skype. It is audio and video. Um, they are required to submit an airline apps application and send that through to us. Uh, so in regards to filling out an application, that would be on airline apps. And don't worry about the interview process. Uh, it's, it's a very convenient process, and we walk them through each step of the way. Well, that's great to know. The other thing, too, uh, airline apps, it's really easy to find. If you just go to their pilot recruitment page, uh, it's real easy. It says at the bottom, flycommuteair.com, right at the bottom on the pilot recruitment page, you'll see it says apply now. It's that simple. And uh, you can go through the airline apps process. As far as uh, the interview process, um, what can they expect a, as far as during that interview? I know it's over Skype, so would they normally be like in a, a suit and tie and, and be that type of a formal interview, and, and would it be just HR, or would it be also uh, some type of technical interview? So our interviews are both, are both HR and technical. Um, they start off with an HR PowerPoint presentation that gives them a basic overview of the company. Um, kind of dives a little bit more in detail um, about, you know, work rules and pay um, and then our computer policy as well. And then we ask a few HR questions and then we go through a flight together. That's the technical course in the interview. So we do share our screens throughout um, the Skype interview. Um, and then in regards to um, the interview itself, I mean, I would always say no matter what interview you're going to, you want to dress business professional. Um, it's always better to be overdressed than underdressed. So that's that's my piece of advice on that on that point. And I think that's that's some really great advice. Uh, as far as reaching out to you folks at at job fairs, etc. I know on the Facebook page you can find out. I found that that's a great resource. You know, find out when the like open houses are, different recruiting events, and uh, you can also sign up uh, online. Say yes, I'm going. That kind of thing. I know on, on Facebook that's kind of cool. Uh, but one of the things that I, I think is cool that you're doing, I think it's great that you're reaching out at uh, different aviation events. Uh, so as far as coming up in the future, what type of events are you going to go to? I know you have specific recruiting events and open houses. Uh, is there any other aviation events that you might be involved with, say, at, uh, I don't know, Women in Aviation or, say, the EAA fly-ins or AOPA, that type of thing? Yes, we will definitely be at NGPA and Women in Aviation this year. Um, our next largest upcoming event is actually next week in D.C. It's a Warriors to the Workforce event um, for any military professionals looking to seek a, uh, a civilian career. Um, so we'll be in D.C. the 9th, 10th, and 11th of uh, next week. Um, but besides that, I mean, we do usually go to all of the major events that come up. Um, and then we do some community outreach in addition to universities as well. Cool. And I really, really like your Facebook page. And I, I hope I didn't speak at a, at a term there, but I think it's one of the best ways to find out about all those events. I'm assuming that somebody updates this with everything on there. 
Absolutely. Um, we, you know, typically like to update it to our Facebook page, our website, Twitter, um, and LinkedIn as well. So it should be on all of those avenues. I think Facebook is, is very um, easily accessible. Um, so it's kind of the best way to kind of keep up with us is too. Great, great. Yeah, and it's really neat, all the different things you're going to. Uh, you know, the Air Race Classic, you're going to be there. That's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, or been at that one, I should say. And uh, there's just so many neat things that uh, that you folks have gotten involved with. It's just terrific. And I know I'm a big fan of Commit Air, but uh, I think you would be too as a listener, uh, especially if you find out all the different benefits. I, I One of the things uh, about Commit Air is it, the story, I think, doesn't get out as much because it's a little bit smaller airline, but you hear me talk about it a lot. And and, and you'll hear a lot of folks that have actually worked there in the past, and I know I've worked with a lot of them. They actually really, really uh, have had a great experience there. And it was good for their careers, and it was good for their, their flying experience, too. Because another part of this is that you want to get really good flying experience, flying IFR in the system. And you definitely will be doing that uh, within this system here, uh, in commute air system, because there's a lot of that going on. I know I, I work with a few of you that have hardly any instrument time. You you will be doing approaches, believe me, working at Commute Air. Uh, you will be in the Northeast. You will understand what an edict time is. You will understand you know, when you'll need to push, that type of thing. All those things you need to know about getting ready to fly for, for a larger airline, uh, they're out there. They're, it's great uh, that Commute Air has that environment. Also, if you're somebody that's looking for a career uh, and staying with Commute Air, I think it's a, a wonderful place to work. Really good uh, family atmosphere there. So um, really, really appreciate that. Well, gosh... Uh, the the other thing uh, before we go, I just want to you know kind of go over a little bit about the life as a, a line pilot. If we can go over that a little bit, as far as like uh, you know a line pilot, uh, the you know junior pilot, senior pilot type of thing. Uh, maybe Paul, you can address that. What it, what is it like to actually fly on the line? I mean, do you go away for four days? You know, what, how does that work? We have. Um well, it, you know, as, as you mentioned, it, of course, it's going to vary based on if you're a junior or senior. Um, but typically, we all our schedules are run off of a, a PBS, preferential bidding system, uh, computer software. And uh, so the computer system will uh, create trips that are um, between one day and five days long. And uh, <clears throat> depending on your seniority, you know, you get uh, the computer will either uh, build you a trip um, with a mix of those one and five day, one to five day trips or if it can't build you a line, um, then you're you're on reserve, which is uh, essentially um, like an on-call type of a schedule for our for our listeners who uh, who are not quite at the airlines yet. Um, and so you you have a set schedule. You you know the days that you're working, but you don't know uh, necessarily the time that you're working until the day before. Um, and uh, and then you'll you'll be on call during that period of time, and and you'll either be on call uh, from home for 12 hours or in the airport for eight hours, um, <clears throat> and then they'll, you'll you'll get assigned flying as uh, the company needs it. Um, and so uh, you know a, a typical I would say a tip and well let me let me take a step back. So for reserve, um, minimum days off is 11. Uh, minimum days off for a line holder is 12. And so for a junior line holder, you'll probably get, uh, you know, 12, 13 days off, um, you know, and uh, let's call it an 80, <clears throat> 80 hour line, something like that, 80, 85 hour line. Uh, for senior, uh, a senior line holder, if you bid, you know, it, there are multiple things you can do, but if you bid min credit, uh, you might get uh, 16, 17 days off a month at, uh, let's say, 75, 80 hours. Or uh, if you bid max credit, you'll get like a 95-hour line and 12 days off. So, um, uh, and you, you know, any anything in between. And so uh, the route structure is growing. Uh, we fly uh, essentially from, and it's of course it's uh, like a hub and spoke system. But in and out of Newark and Washington, we go um, up to Maine, down to Florida, and out to uh, I believe uh, Missouri, St. Louis. So those, that that's the uh, the the extent of uh, the route structure, but line life as line pilots great. I mean, you know, you uh, <clears throat> one of the to sort of piggyback off of the you know the the family atmosphere. I think one of the things that I've enjoyed most here at this airline is the fact that I've made I truly truly have made lifelong friends here. Um, some of them have moved on to United or other airlines now, and we stay in touch regularly. Um, but, uh, out of the folks that are still here that I'm, I'm friends with, I mean, it, when I leave my, one of the hardest things about this job, 
um, no matter where you work, is leaving your family. Um, and so when I leave my family here, I, I go to my other family. And it, so that's been in, incredible for me. Um, you know, and so you, you, you work, you, you, you work your day. And then when you get to the overnight, you, you know, you go out to dinner, you, you go out for adult beverages later. Um, you know, maybe you go grab a movie or, you know, go to a mall or go if there's sites to see at the, you know, wherever you're going. So you, you, you go do stuff with your crew. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's an incredible environment. And, um, uh, one that, uh, uh, I know from people that I talk to that have moved on that they don't they don't necessarily get at the bigger airlines. So um, it's it's a great place to be. I mean, I have I have no complaints. There are you know like anything else, there are downsides. Sometimes uh, flying out of Newark is can be very very challenging with uh, like edict times. Like Carl mentioned, you'll know what an edict time is. You'll you'll come to despise edict times like uh, <laughs> like nobody else, but. <laughs> And that's, but that's flying out of the, the, you know, the Northeast, specifically the New York area. And if you're flying in a, in, in into Newark or Kennedy or LaGuardia, you're going to, you're going to be intimately familiar with the edict times and, um, <clears throat> and the delays that you get associated with them. So, you know, you just learn to let those roll off your back and there's nothing you can do about it. So you just, you know, you just kind of go with it. But, uh, you know, th- that's those, there's, so, so there's downsides, but, uh, you know, the, the upside certainly outweigh, uh, outweigh all that so uh, you know i I can't really i have nothing to complain about which is good that you actually have flown in and out of newark because it gives you a lot of experience with understanding the delays we say edict we and we'll explain you know it's expect departure clearance time i guess we have to say that since we said it so many times but uh there are so many other terms that you have to know uh when you're at an airline which brings up another point you know before you actually come to the airline there's uh you know what should somebody do to prepare for their first day at at the airline i know there's some good books out there they can read the turbine pilot flying manual we talk about a, a lot book. and uh and those type of things as far as edicts and there's uh there's really some good things as far as part one uh 21 operations out there how else can someone prepare and i guess marie also uh you can talk towards this because there's there's also some information i'm assuming that is given to the pilot before they show up for training so paul what what uh, as far as the pilot's concerned what would they they actually do to yeah. prepare so what we do is um, we'll give them uh, uh, training. We'll give them some training material um, when they come to the out to Cleveland for onboarding. So once you do your, no, I, I guess we didn't really mention this. So once once you do your your Skype interview, if you're extended an offer, um, you will uh, um, uh, be brought out to Cleveland for onboarding, where you'll do fingerprinting. Um, we'll go through your logbooks, verify your flight time and your and your credentials. And, and that stuff. <clears throat> when you leave Cleveland, we'll give you um, cockpit posters and uh, study material, which includes limitations, um, memory action items, and flows. And the, and so it is absolutely, without a doubt, 100% in your best interest to come to training having that pamphlet memorized or that packet memorized. Um, and the reason why you want to do that is because when you get to training, especially if you've never been to an airline before, um, it, you know, it really is like drinking from a fire hose. You're going to go through basic and doc, which is uh, company, company procedures, um, uh, AOM, GOM <clears throat> uh, type of uh, uh, studying. And so there's going to be reading material every night. Um, <laughs> you're going to uh, – uh, so you're going to have to go through that. And if you have to study – limitations, flows, memory action items, because you didn't do it ahead of time, then that really is going to make your your job a lot more difficult when you get into training. Um, that's really all you have to prepare for. Um, as Carl mentioned, I'm a huge, huge proponent of the Turbine Pilots Manual. I think that, I think that book is incredible. There's a lot of um, sort of generalized information about things like uh, you know, more advanced aircraft systems, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a bleed system or a pneumatic system or an electrical system, it talks about sort of generalized systems in various airplanes. Uh, I think it's an incredible resource. I read it myself when I came to the airline and actually, you know, I, sometimes I just pick it up and just go through, just go through it randomly, um, from time to time because it really is a good resource and, uh, one that would absolutely help you in training. Um, <clears throat> outside of that, come with a good attitude, come well rested, 
and um, you know, and you'll be successful. But for sure, without a doubt, have that packet um, memorized. One thing I do want to mention, also sort of piggybacking off of that, is the is the I think that one of the one of Communitaire's strongest assets, and this is really important for um, pilots who are coming here that are 1500 hour pilots who are just getting their ATP and have been coming, you know, coming from a flight instruction background. If you, especially pilots that have not, uh, not had any, uh, 121 experience previous to coming here. Um, <clears throat> our training department is incredible. They, and I think, I think all, a lot of the regionals are, are really good at this, but I think in particular commuter did a fantastic job of teaching pilots about things like edicts and ground delay programs, um, and, and, and all these, you know, acronyms and terms that you hear that are associated with, with the airline, you're going to learn a lot of stuff when you come to the, to an airline. And, um, and our training department is really good about taking somebody who's never done any of that stuff before and, and getting them to a point where they're really competent and, uh, you know, really competent airline first officer. So I, you know, they, they do a great job and I want to mention that because it's, you know, you don't want to go to, you don't want to go to an airline that just sort of throws material at you and says, all right, go home and read this and then come back. Cause there are airlines out there that do that. And then you have questions and, you know, uh, you know, people aren't available to answer your questions. I mean, it's not like that here. So <clears throat> we do a great job with, um, uh, getting people squared away and, uh, ready to pass their check rides and, um, uh, and move their career forward because you don't want to you don't want to get a, a 121 failure on your record if you can avoid it. Um, so yeah, we do a good job there. That's one, and those are great points as far as getting ready for for the actual you know simulator, et cetera, and the flying. Also, getting ready for your first day at the airline also includes some paperwork, especially at training. And and Marie, is there anything that uh, they should actually have with them that you see may have been a challenge for some people in the past? Uh, maybe they forget their passport, et cetera. I don't know, but but what should they do to prepare to come for the first day of their training? Uh, you know, I think Paul mostly covered it. Um, we do send them a checklist of things to bring with them, um, and we go over it during onboarding as well. Um, so all of their certificates, their logbooks, everything is taken care of prior to uh, first day of INDOC. Um, so I think that's the best part is that, you know, probably about like a week or two prior to INDOC, um, we bring them out to our headquarters. That way they could tour our facilities and meet with our team face-to-face. Um, but the other thing, too, is that we... we send them a checklist prior to with everything that we need um, and make sure that we have it before in-dock. So if they do forget something the first day of in-dock, um, it's not really as important because we've obtained it beforehand. So that's kind of the part of the process of making them feel comfortable along the way. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Well, gosh, this has been terrific. I know we've got a lot of information here. We've gone a little bit long, and I really appreciate your hanging out here. One other thing to, to include in this, they also have internships. They have tons of different networking opportunities that are out there, like we mentioned on Facebook. There's so many ways that you can get in touch with Commute Air. Maria, is there anything else you want to add to somebody who's uh, thinking about applying uh, to Commute Air or possibly in the process right now? Any advice you could give someone before we close? Uh, my biggest piece of advice to um, just career searches in general is it never hurts to start a conversation. Um, having an exploratory conversation, just writing down what your biggest motivators are and what you're looking for in that regional and seeing who is able to meet that. Um, it doesn't hurt to you know pick up the phone and give us a call. Um, talk to one of our friendly recruiters about you know what it's like being a pilot here at Commute Air. Um, we're more than happy to help and act as a resource. Um, our biggest you know our biggest thing here at Commute Air is to make sure that they make like I said the best informed decision they can and to be happy here. Um, so our goal is to provide them with as much information as possible and to help them along the way. So whether you're building time. Um, or you're getting close, give us a call and, and let's just talk about your flying goals and go from there. Well, thanks. And Paul, is there anything else you want to add before we close? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, th- I think we covered everything, but th- the only thing I would just add is that um, in terms of, you know, deciding, and this this goes for, this is sort of more generalized advice, but when, you, when, when you're trying to decide where you want to go work, um, you know, y- you need to, you need to consider, um, other ways to make yourself marketable so that you can move on. If this is, if coming to a regional airline is a stepping stone for you, um, like it is for, for, for most of us, um, what you want to do is you want to go to a place that allows you to really build, I mean, 
really build your resume. I mean, frankly, you know, just make yourself as marketable as possible. Whether and the ways that you would do that would be um, volunteering for the union and becoming uh, a committee member on the union, whether it's the safety committee or the uh, uh, the scheduling committee, something like that. Um, you know, becoming a pilot recruiter like me, um, or becoming a, a line check airman or a ground instructor. Um, there, there are so many opportunities at this airline, um, and it's always been that way. And I think it'll always be that way, um, for you to work real hard and make yourself as marketable and attractive as possible. And, you know, so I, for me, uh, this was probably one of the most, uh, coming to commuter was the, one of the most important decisions I made, um, in terms of being able to get to a place where I can move my career forward. And it has nothing really to do with the CPP. That was, that was dumb luck because the CPP didn't exist when I came here. Um, but I have, I have an offer from another major airline, um, because of the, the way I was able to, um, make myself sort of, you know, marketable, in this industry and be able to stand out from the competition. And so commuter was able to do that for me. So, you know, it's just can consider all these things when you're, when you're trying to pick a regional, it's not just flying airplanes. Uh, everybody flies airplanes, all, all these pilots, we have, there's, there's tons of great pilots out there. Um, and so what you really need to be able to separate yourself from the, the competition and you can do that here. So that's something that I just wanted to, you know, make mention of. Well, thanks, Paul. And thanks, Marie and Joey, for, for being here on the podcast. This has been absolutely terrific. And if you're listening right now, you know, I always end by saying to do something now, do something today to move forward in your career. One thing I would suggest is what Maria said, excuse me, Marie said, is that, you know, it doesn't hurt to start a conversation. I'm so glad she said that. And you've heard me say this before, network, 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 and talk to people. They're like you and me. They're, they're just regular people. They want to talk to you. They want to help you out. So do something today. Do something now to move forward in your career, whether it's just picking up the phone, calling a friend to discuss, hey, what's it like to fly at your airline? Or reaching out by email, going to one of these events, signing up on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever it may be. Do something today. Do something now to move forward in your career. And hope you'll consider Commute Air Airlines if you're looking at a regional. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.